On the Ball is brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. By downloading the Bet365 app, you can access both pre-match and in-play markets, along with instant match updates for all games. The Bet365 Bet Builder also allows you to make personalised bets via the app, so you can bet on multiple scenarios and create your own bet with unique odds right there in your hands. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store, Over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Hello, everyone. Welcome to On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. My name is Michael Bailey. I'm The Athletic's Norwich City correspondent. A very good day to you all. Uh, Leading us through the pod this week... We have Norwich City Stats Guru, NCFC Numbers, a.k.a. Steve Sanders. Hi, Michael. And our own bona fide doctor and Lower Barkley season ticket holder, Ben Walden. Good evening, Michael. Uh, and uh, let me remind you, uh, if I can, that um, even though we are quite clearly in exceptional times, uh, there will be plenty of content going up over at theathletic.com over these coming weeks. Uh, rest assured, we've still got as many pieces to write as we had to before. Um, so there's quite a few bits I'm working on. There are people I've interviewed before. We were all told not to ever speak to each other again. Um, and I will be self-isolating in a room in my house <laughs> writing them all I don't have any <laughs> symptoms by the way I've just the way it's been probably since I got the job that's what you do anyway isn't yeah, it so. exactly um so uh yeah um that's what we were going to do basically we're hoping to offer you a little bit of solace over at the athletic um while we go through some rather peculiar times uh, I'm sure you know all the discounts as as well um There is a 40% discount still running if you use the promotion code NORWICHPOD. Uh, And we will also continue these podcasts uh, one way or another uh, during these weeks, months, days, time. Let's go with weeks, shall we? Let's go with weeks for the time. He's a doctor. We're positive. Of course, we're here to talk about Norwich City and football. Now, we've got a slight problem. There wasn't any. Now, we recorded the pod last Monday... And I don't really think we actually spoke about the fact that the game wouldn't take place. No, no, there was no... We didn't... I don't I, even think... No, I have listened to it back and I, with hindsight, I mean, where, thought... Should we have said something about what, this massive thing was that, that could a be coming around the corner? I, I mean, I, I, I was conscious not to really talk about the virus because it felt like it would look after itself, which it has done. Um, um, but... It's not even contemplate. It sort of it, says to me how quickly yeah, things evolved. I was going to say it escalated very, very quickly, and um, we were doing the we were doing the podcast last Monday during the Leicester game, weren't we? Which was, you know, that was all stadium full, no suggestion of anything that might happen this time next week. In fact, it was on Friday, wasn't it? So, yeah. you know, not two days ago that we we would um, we realised that oh, it's not happening. So yeah, it's it's very very quickly gone from. We will ride this out to we simply can't. And the idea is, uh, of course, if you're not aware that the Premier League and now basically all football has been suspended until April the 4th. I think there was an initially in there. Um, what would you do with that initially word, Ben? I mean, I definitely not say it. Um, <laughs> I... I, I I don't Along know. with the I, date, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I'm, I'm, you know, I'm no epidemiologist or or any type of person that that knows these things uh, inside out. But 
based on how things are going, it seems incredibly unlikely that <laughs> football is going to be back at the start of April. I'm sorry, people. Football is not going to be back at the start of April. You heard it here. Approximately 52,000th. I was going to say so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I said it within a few minutes and I yeah. had no clue what was going on. So we should also say we did have you in on tonight's pod uh, before this kicked off. <laughs> we were here in your Norwich City capacity. It just so happens now we have a doctor. On it's the lucky, isn't it? It's very lucky. It's not that lucky. No, no, no. And I mean, you know, psychiatrist. I mean, what use is that going to be, to be brutally honest? I, I, do you know, tell me about how the crippling global pandemic makes you feel no let's not let's do that <laughs> well I, I can tell you how the lack of football makes me feel and that's exceptionally yeah. bored i mean i know that uh, look, i think we should probably have the caveat here that we we know that football is not the most important thing in all this of as course. everybody has said i mean that that much is obvious however um it's only been a few days and i'm already thinking how am i how am i gonna last if this goes on for months i really i didn't realize how much of a part football and sport plays in my life and it is sport isn't it because yeah. The thing is, you can watch football, and then if uh, you've missed a few or there's nothing going on, you could probably watch some rugby or some tennis yeah. or the Olympics <laughs> or, or anything. I mean, we literally got to the point where uh, football club Twitter accounts were trying to play tic tac toe with each other, and Norwich just ignored Southampton in that regard. <laughs> um, and that you know, every possible spare time pursuit is being eradicated so we can't do it i mean i'd quite like to go karting again because we did yeah. that a few weeks ago with, with the community sports foundation loads of fun probably not gonna be able to do that so um i went to my dad's on saturday and he's sport mad the same as i am and he was literally watching badminton on the television and i was like this is this, <laughs> you, this, this is a problem this is definitely a problem and you know earnest phrases about life being more important and all, all that sort of stuff aside um actually i've talked for a long time about the importance of distractions and actually uh, that's that's why we have sport that's why we have entertainment that's why we have all kinds of things and, and actually that's where it is relevant to to my role because people people do need things to take their mind off stuff and the the truth is that it's really rubbish not having stuff to take. I, I had a very stressful weekend as it goes because I didn't have any... I didn't have a bunch of people to shout at for not being quite as good at football as I want them to or better <laughs> at football than I expected them to delete as appropriate, mainly the first one. <laughs> <laughs> and and actually, I think, although we haven't had the best season as Norwich City supporters, um, no football is still so much more depressing than depressing football. And... It, it, that that to me is worse than seeing Norwich lose every week because at least you have something to look forward to, even if even if it's not as good as it might but be. Roadie is not included. Well, <laughs> we'll ask Glenn about that. But um, I mean, it's interesting the community basis of of what sport is, and you know, Norwich City pride themselves on being a community club. You do have so many people who base their what they do in their life on what the football regime is and also in terms of events that take place in and around the club during the week it was interesting I went to Kings Lynn on Saturday I was so distraught at the lack of football that I thought I'm going to catch some football and uh, Kings Lynn was on it was a it was a really important game for them actually but a, a really surreal atmosphere and going over to the walks to write a piece that isn't about coronavirus is impossible <laughs> so there is a chunk of it of course on on the situation that's that sort of um enveloped football um in it but it's it's a it's a it's a rounded piece as well and it talks a lot about the situation with kingsley and you can read it it's it's up over at the athletic now and talking about kingsley and trying to have stronger connections with with norwich city um and the better lynn 
to do as a club, the, the the better an option they are for Norwich players to go out on loan as part of their development, yet still train full time with the club and things like that when all of this stuff is happening, obviously. So, but it, I spoke to, there were, I think they actually, the attendance or the ticket sales were down on the midweek game at Lynn, but they had a higher crowd, I think because a lot of Norwich fans turned up on the day and and and, and went to support Lynn and, and take it in. But, you know, they were trying to organise groups to, drive the hour west to Lynn from Norwich and get together and not everyone really fancied it and obviously people were sort of umming and ahhing but you know it's okay this week but that football's not going to be there next week and there will be a, a even emptier diaries I suppose going forwards yeah yeah and um, I'm surprised actually that that, that game was on on Saturday uh, so were some of the players <laughs> and uh, I think they spoke to they had a doctor I don't think it was you Ben but they it did have a doctor <laughs> they had a doctor rock up um, who, uh, spoke... who presumably screamed at them <laughs> going don't play this football what game <laughs> what are you doing um, but what he did do is um, or she I don't know if it was he or she um, spoke to them about you know contact with the players if they scored a goal you know how mm-hmm. to celebrate with supporters or not that sort of stuff. I mean, they didn't score. <laughs> they lost 1-0 and that was pretty damaging. That, that was very considerate <laughs> of them, wasn't it? <laughs> and then we had so many conversations, you know, I was speaking to um, Steve Cleave, the chairman beforehand, and it's like, you know, does this feel like a promotion game? Because the, the league could have been cut off and at least in the uh, National League North, they have contemplated a season finishing without being completed because of weather and other issues and mm. seems that no one in the professional game thought that might be a clever thing to <laughs> discuss, which is probably what we should get on to. I... I it would take me 10 minutes. I don't I'll tell you what, it'll take me 30 seconds now. If the season doesn't reach halfway, it null and voids. If you get three quarters of the way through, you take an average points score. And if you get to within the final 10 games, you take the table as read. And that is how you finish the season if for some reason you don't complete it. Is that the, the that, Bailey law? Just do it. That That's- would have taken... That took me 20 seconds. How has no one put that in the rules? Mm. Because it's absolutely and completely impossible. Um, As we have established through years of enjoying uh, how leads get on in the last (laughs) 10 games of every season, uh, the simple fact is that the league table up until the last ball is kicked is of no relevance whatsoever. Um, Leeds were definitely getting promoted last year as we know they were champions after 10 games uh, I remember declaring them champions uh, the season that we shared League One with them for a while um, I mean I could reference any of the other 91 clubs in the, no, in, in, no, in no. English football but let's face it it is Leeds yeah, well, Leeds are the proof <laughs> of why you cannot end the season until the season ends so, so maybe we should just have those rules but put an asterisk by Leeds and oh, say these rules asterisk. do not apply yeah. to them and they no one no one's clipping this out I still have no friends in Leeds and I don't want any abuse in <laughs> you're these not getting any more times. after that um, um, I think I, I, the answer to your question is probably that the Premier League is so huge it's such a behemoth it's, it's international it's everywhere there's this situation or the the idea that you couldn't finish the season for whatever reason is totally inconceivable and yet here we are um and obviously from a Norwich City point of view um what you've suggested is uh would not work out for us um but I think realistically it it probably is the fairest way um I, I one thing I think it's worth pointing out is it's good I'm glad that no one from the club has come out and spoken about anything in the way that Karen Brady has already done um because I think right now it's just not helpful um it you can only ever do that with the the vested interests or the interests of your club at heart even if you're trying to come at it from a neutral perspective so obviously we will try and be as neutral as possible and I think that what you have suggested sounds fairer than just saying 
let's just do it all over again. I mean, my point is it doesn't really matter what I've just suggested. The fact is somewhat is negligent mm. not to have that in case everything as an issue now comes from the fact they don't have rules if they had rules no one argues because they know what the rules are mm. even if you no one could ever foresee it happening you have the rules so it's fine the issue is they haven't got the rules so anything they do now will be deemed unfair to and, someone and will cause them to sue them yes and 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 for us obviously it's not as much of an issue i was looking at the table yesterday and watford are a i think a single goal on goal difference uh, ahead of Bournemouth um, between 17th and 18th so that is such an infinitesimal amount of difference that you know with nine games to go anything can happen so Bournemouth I mean ultimately they are where they are because they haven't played well enough but they would easily be able to say well with the nine games to go who knows so and the margins between promotion and relegation or survival and relegation as we know are absolutely massive and there is the obvious difficulty of, oh, well, you know, we've played Liverpool this many times, Manchester City this many times, whatever. We, you know, we all know that if this had happened uh, the season we got relegated with Chris Hutton, we'd have survived. Uh, whereas Norwich fans uh, across the board that year were listening to pundits talk about how we'll probably be all right, knowing that it wasn't true because we knew what our running was, whereas they hadn't looked at it at that point. And we all knew that we weren't expecting to get more than a couple of points in the last six games of the season. And that, you know, yes, it's it's bad for Norwich, obviously, but I, I don't think many people are going to have much argument that if we we got relegated at this point in the season, that's probably fair on where we've been. We've been bottom of the table for most of the season. That seems reasonable in, in the same by the same token, Liverpool winning the league seems kind of... I dare I say it, even Leeds getting promoted from the championship, <laughs> yeah. even though it won't happen, would be fair. Uh, You're killing me, Ben. Yeah. You're killing yeah. me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, also, Leeds is lovely. I love Leeds. <laughs> yeah. um, to, to play devil's advocate on it, though, I, we, we have sat down many times on this pod and said um, we've got a good run of home fixtures coming up what if we win all of those it's it's not impossible that that might happen so those now kind of get cast aside and well I suppose if you're talking about the the big six and Leicester we've played all of those seven in the what 14 games that's 50% of our home games have been theoretically harder matches um so even even though we are that far adrift that it probably would be right there's still something in the back of your mind which would say, well, we could have still escaped. Well, and we take it back to 2005, which we will probably talk about in a little bit. Um, you know, b before Norwich um, played Manchester United, they were masses adrift. No one would have complained about you definitely getting relegated before kickoff of the last game, the outside the bottom three. So, well, yeah, it doesn't really matter. You finish, you probably stay up. Um, and then they obviously can get relegated in, in, in the middle of the bottom three. So it's, and someone made an interesting point on the radio saying, you know, imagine trying to predict the last nine rounds of fixtures. No one would ever get it right. And so it's impossible to say. Uh, in terms of average points is quite an interesting one because I think Aston Villa have actually got a game in hand, which complicates things. But if you did it on average points, three teams would have the same average points because presumably they've got this, you know, roughly the same points on the same whichever. Uh, and then you're talking about goal difference, but you you know how how do you really gauge that? A bit like what you were saying earlier. So so what does happen? Well, and obviously we don't. Let's be clear. I've been asked this question a lot already. We don't know. No one knows. There is no answer. We're just going to give an opinion as to what should happen or. 
I the the thing that I think is the most attractive is the suggestion that we're having a World Cup in two years in the middle of our football season. So we kind of have an opportunity to put something back here. Um, it would mean sacrificing in some way at least Euro 2020, uh, which I think the reality is we have to come to terms with now probably going to happen one way or the other anyway. Um, so you wouldn't put it back to 2021? Uh, well, potentially, yes. Bearing in mind, I think UEFA pocket about, I don't know how much it is, but it's a ridiculous amount of their annual or, or four-yearly <laughs> budget well, from the Euros. There is the issue that somewhere along the line, some money is going to get hurt here. Ultimately, this is about how we finish a football season and we've got to, we've got to focus on the important things there. And you can't finish a football season with 10 games left. It doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Uh, you can if you have the rules, but you haven't got the rules, <laughs> so you definitely can't. I mean, I, I, I hadn't actually considered that. That now looks like great forward thinking, doesn't it? The World Cup. <laughs> Almost like somebody planned it. <laughs> oh, God. Let's not start on the conspiracy theories yet. I've got um, lots. <laughs> but I, I guess the answer to the question is that until we know how long this is, we're all going to be out of action for, and um, I think we know it's not going to be April the 5th or whatever it is. Um, June, June. June. Yeah. It's, uh, so it's going to be He's until... A doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the most expert opinion we have on yeah, this pod. So we're yeah. going to have to go with June. And so it'll be until at He's least then. <laughs> so I... And I think... I think we have to finish this season. So if that means that there's a knock-on effect on the next season, like we don't have it or it's truncated in some way or we run it until... And we we run it in line with the World Cup in twenty twenty one, end of twenty twenty one. Yeah, end of twenty one. Yeah, twenty one. Um, I mean, that's another thing. How are you going to have the Euros and the World Cup effective in the same calendar year? That's just not going to work, is it? No. I even thought that. <laughs> Sorry, but we're kind of going off on a tangent. But yeah, I th- I think it, this season has to finish. I, I think that's probably yeah, and and the Premier League. I think are meeting on Thursday. I think all the clubs are getting together to um, to thrash out what happens next but I, I don't know if they'll come up with decisions but it's kind of the next stage of the process so we will see i will just add at this point um obviously a suggestion of the clubs that had suggested um voiding the season as far as i know norwich weren't one of the clubs to suggest that no. so you know not, not as far as i can i just ask a hypothetical question how would people feel if we if this season was null and void no one was promoted and relegated and we got another shot at it like as if as if it were summer of 2019 again. If I am being entirely honest, I'd feel I'd feel that we were cheating a little bit. Um, I I I always tend to try and deliberately think about things in a way. Okay, well, how does this hurt my club? But is fair. I know I've I've had that conversation about VAR before and and looked at the decisions that have benefited us and said, well. That's not the way to look at it. We need to, you know, we need to look at Sheffield United not getting a player sent off who shouldn't have been sent off, and they could have ended up drawing that game. From a from the perspective of a Norwich fan, it would not feel right mm. that we don't get relegated and a team currently flying high in the Championship doesn't get promoted. Um, given how this season has gone, we are expecting to go down at the end of this year. I know it's come up repeatedly on this esteemed podcast and saying five percent um, chance was it last time we were on i think Stu basically said I, we are down yeah, last yeah. Week. tell yeah. you what it's, it's gone up a lot since then yeah i think um i it depend to me i think you i would be more inclined to extend the 
Premier League so that it included the teams coming up. I think it's really hard to relegate a team when... And I, I, I think Norwich are f- much further off being relegated than Liverpool are off being champions. It, like Literally, it, Liverpool are two games away and that assumes everyone else wins. They're properly on the brink. Um, Norwich are in a horrible situation, but they, they you know, two wins when everyone else loses. I'm not, I'm not saying it's likely, but... It, you just can't say, and it's a very different situation. So for me, I think penalising teams in terms of relegation is is dubious. Now, and and so you'd probably look at say, you know, let's promote West Brom and and Leeds, and then open up to twenty two teams, which the EFL would probably go, no, we're losing all our big clubs. And don't get me wrong, Norwich would be ridiculously fortunate if that happened, and it probably wouldn't. But it just feels. And I'm not, I'm not only talking about Norwich there. I'm talking about Aston Villa. I'm talking about who is the third team you relegate because I don't really think there's a way you can come up with that either. And you can't single out Norwich if they're not going to relegate everyone else is what I would say. I would say that we should probably stop League One now. Are we agreed on that? <laughs> okay. Because uh, there's a team one, intent yeah, no, that no, may I just, I just think maybe if League One freezes now and we say, <laughs> right, that's it. Everybody gets promoted. Every, wherever you are, are in you, League One, I right think, at this exact you, moment, that's where you finish. I think you're asking me, is there something in League One more likely to happen than Liverpool in the title? And I would say yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think but, that's yeah. academic as far as the team you might be referring to are concerned. I don't think whatever happens at the end of the season, they're going to be in the mix. Uh, before everything kicked off that we're now not going to talk about, we could ban the C word if we want. Um, uh, I uh, put up a feature on 2005 now when I was thinking now I've been thinking about this for weeks and in my head I was conflicted as to whether this was a good idea because I was writing a piece not about Fulham I was so bored of Fulham we know they lost 6-0 at Fulham it's the six games before this amazing run and it's like wow let's write about this but then you're like why would you write about that it ended in horrendous defeat and relegation so it's kind of pointless it was really interesting speaking to some of the players and people involved because some didn't remember it (laughs) because of how it ended some thought they didn't play in any of it when they did um all of it um and no one really fondly remembered it even though only three times have Norwich City done better over six games in the Premier League um it was an incredible run that had everyone believing something could happen that wasn't going to. In the end, I'm really happy with the piece and I think you should read it because it's on The Athletic now. Um, but yeah, just a slightly surreal time. Yeah, I'm really glad you wrote about it actually because I'd kind of forgotten about that run. Um, I, I hadn't... They won the last four home games, didn't they? That's, That's right, From yes. Manchester United. They were pretty good at home for that second half of the season, actually. And I remember... I can remember actually that the Charlton Birmingham games was like glorious sunshine and coming out of those games thinking, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Um, and obviously the away form didn't match the home form, but it was actually an enjoyable season for 14 year old me um, <laughs> because it was the only time in my well, in my Norwich sporting years that we'd been in the Premier League and it felt like every game had something riding on it because it was always going to be pretty much not from first kickoff, but very quickly became apparent it was going to be one from four to stay up. And it seems to change week on week, depending on our result and the teams around us. Um, And I had a real intense dislike for all three of the other teams as well, (laughs) for one reason or another. Um, Palace was definitely because of Andy Johnson. Um, (laughs) Second. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Southampton, I think, was the the red nap factor. 
And West Brom, I don't know why, this really irritated me at that time. I think I think it was just well, Gary Megson. Uh, yeah, there. and also they got promoted, obviously with Norwich too. I thought they weren't they weren't really very good, and I thought Brian Robson wasn't a great manager. And then so I really wanted us to stay up at the expense of all three of those teams. Obviously, it didn't happen, but there's some really good memories actually from your piece, um, especially obviously the United game. I I remember the United game because I was I was in Aberdeen studying at the time and there were there's not a lot of Norwich fans in Aberdeen um, strangely enough uh, and I happened to meet one uh, when celebrating a goal I think it was the year before um, watching uh, watching the game and uh, this guy became quite a close friend and so we were sitting in uh, my local um, in Aberdeen. Basically, us two and everybody else in our table of about 15, 20 people being United fans. And so it was it was one of those kind of proper moments. I, you know, I remember kind of 92, 93, where this was the first time any of my friends who all who all followed Manchester United because I, I grew up in the forces. Um, any more people I can offend? Um, <laughs> um uh, actually cared about Norwich and, and it, it was that same feeling of, of us two kind of lording it over all of these other people who had come to see Manchester and they were furious because, oh, you know, he didn't really deserve it and, oh, well, you're going down anyway and all this sort of stuff. Um, and it just being this kind of joyous moment, which, again, is almost entirely gone from my memory because I, you'd say, let's just forget about Fulham, but you can't. Um, and... I, my abiding memory of that run in i have to say was the um was the palace game uh i re, you know i remember I, I remember where i was i remember sitting in 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 my room at, at university and being kind of overjoyed you know again that same feeling of this is happening this is actually happening we we're going to d- oh god um and it just being horrible and Andy Johnson and all of those things and then what came after but for me as as painful as the last game of the season was um it was that it was that game where we where we didn't win that game where you felt that that kind of that pit of your stomach kind of ergness which is what I think Darren Huckabee said was it was the Palace game, which we should point out. Um, Norwich were three, went up with what ten, seventeen minutes to go, I think it was. Ended up drawing three three. Andy Johnson scored the equalising penalty with paint on his face after yes. going head first on the floor. Um, and so did it many times. That yeah. was, what was that? that? Was just what seventy second penalty that season? <laughs> was, I think it was, wasn't it? It's funny reading some of the match reports from that game because there were a lot of penalty appeals <laughs> over the course of ninety minutes. But uh, so yeah, that was. Um, that was straight after the United game, I think, the Palace away game. So Norwich was 3-1 up and end up drawing 3-3. The other away game before Fulham was Southampton. So these are the two other teams they get relegated with. Uh, where Norwich took an early lead, it was 3-3 until injury time. They lost 4-3. I mean, that's... I mean, those three points. Yeah, that was a crazy game, wasn't it? To think yeah, it was 3-3 three, three at half time, time in that one. And it, it's it's back to the same old thing that we're talking about this season, isn't it? The away form. and um, I mean, they, did, they got some decent away points in that season, but obviously no away wins. Um, it's it's this weird thing that Norwich City have got that they just can't seem to... Maybe it's like a complex, maybe it's a travel thing, but we never seem to do well away from home in the Premier League in the way that other teams do. And that was effectively what relegated us that season because we only needed a handful more points. Well, 
a couple more points and we would have been fine. Yeah. One win would have done it, obviously. And one win on the final day would have done it. This is true. Um, but it was total annihilation. Um, <laughs> and another parallel I was thinking, because I was obviously reading your piece, got me thinking that, again, the recruitment wasn't great when we came up. I mean, the signings that we made really were by... And, I mean, I'm trying to think of the ones that were effective. Uh, in the summer, I mean, Charles, Simon Charlton did okay, I think. Um, yeah, um, I, th- I think he was supposed to help um, sort of bring in a bit more steel and leadership having lost Malky Mackay and, and, and Ewan Roberts, but I don't think it really worked out no. like that in the group. Um, and also, I think at one point they had Flem and Craig Fleming, obviously, and Simon as centre-backs. So yes, I, I do. the world's <laughs> shortest centre-back pairing. Um, David Bentley, Bentley who, who was yes. still playing sort of throughout the season um, yeah. once he got over his... Um, have it <laughs> moment um, that's in the piece yeah uh, but you probably remember anyway um, and then you had Matthias Johnson mm. who again like Swedish international played at the Euros yeah. so that's the summer before the season yet yeah, I, I think all I saw him do was get sent off against Manchester City yes I'd forgotten he did that uh, at yes. Carroll Road which was of course the uh, let's be having you game he seemed to be a winger without any pace if I remember rightly and he well, who'd, who'd recruit those <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah, I can't really remember who. Um, I suppose Gary Lo- Doherty. I was going to say long term, yeah. the best one probably Rock. was was Doherty, but um, yeah, but that I, took seven years later than it yeah. did. <laughs> and, I, and can you imagine? Can you imagine at any point in your life thinking one day we'll talk about him as the biggest success <laughs> of this? Yeah, and I, I, I think I remember a game where we played four five one and had Gary Doherty up front on his own in that season, which was like never going to be a recipe for goals. Um, obviously, the one. Great signing, clearly was Dean Ashton, but the the big what if, and I know that this has been mentioned on the podcast previously. I think by Hux was yes, it was. If only yeah, we'd yeah. signed him in August, maybe we would have we would have survived. I, well, you know, we did have Thomas Helveg. Let's not Thomas Helveg as well. Let's yeah. not forget that mm. for all your Dean Ashtons, um, we already had an absolute international superstar. It was brilliant speaking to Matthias Svensson about that because he was like, yeah, you know, it was difficult for him to settle having spent, you know, 10 years at Europe's, probably two of Europe's biggest clubs, <laughs> AC Milan and Inter Milan and... And then he was at Norwich. <laughs> and you're like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> did, no he wonder. Not, did he not realise what he was signing up for then? Well, like, did he I think guess Norwich was somewhere I, else? I always think you sort of go in and have a look around and you probably yeah. go, it's a bit like looking at a house in your house. You're like, oh, yeah, I'll make this nice. Oh, yeah, no, it'll be good. I'll be a big fish. And, you know, it'll be. And then you get in and it's the first two weeks. You're like, oh, my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> what, what am I, I actually, what am gonna do work. with this? <laughs> yeah. What, what have, I've just got so much to do. Oh, no. And then. If you can't get your head around it, maybe it, it it clearly took him a long time to settle. But I don't. Uh, I think he went on. I was trying to. I can't remember where he went on to. It was uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah, I think that, that might be right. Actually, I, I, I mean, seem to like he didn't he go on to another smaller club than Norwich. And I mean, I'm obviously not saying Norwich are a smaller club, but you know, compared to Inter and AC Milan, I, I, they I, are. I think we can call that one, um, can't we? <laughs> and you know, he went on to a Bundesliga club, and I suppose his stock was probably still high enough that they thought, well, he'll be worth another chance. Might have just been a bad which year. Which doesn't say coached. a lot for Norwich, does it? Really? No, I, I guess not. But um, yeah, who, who knows? There I we guess go. We will just have to be the asterisk in Thomas Helbig's career. Don't <laughs> <laughs> bringing it back to yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, there we go. You you should read the piece. I really enjoyed writing it. Um, you probably got some time on your hands. So go and uh, go and go and read it. And it, it was obviously written with a, a slight look at 
the current situation in terms of the table because Norwich were so adrift at the time. They were seven points mm. uh, a cut adrift at the bottom with only seven games to go. Um, but I think they were on 20 points. Yeah. So the, And the totals were all quite a bit lower than they would be this, this I think, season. Am I right in thinking the West Brom's total to stay up was the lowest in Premier League yeah, history? They were, they were right. four pretty bad teams they that were. year. I and think. they were adrift, as you said, adrift almost all season, those yeah. four teams. Is it 35, 34? I think it might have been 34. Yeah, 34. It's in the piece. I think we had 33 by the end of it. That sounds right. Read the article if you you want to make sure. But of course, West Brom that season, they became the first team to stay up having been bottom at Christmas Mm. Day. Along came Norwich. Along came Norwich. (laughs) And uh, Brian Brian, uh, Robson took over from Gary Megson in uh, the end of October or the start of November. Took him two months to win his first game. They still stayed up. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So yeah, yeah, go read that and uh, reminisce about how great 2005 was and um, uh, probably won't be the last mention of it over the coming podcasts. That's all I'll say there. So uh, this is the section where we like to uh, go with what's next. Next up, I've got colon God knows exclamation mark. (laughs) So um, Steve, what should we do? Uh, Well, luckily, yes, just so happened that this week I've prepared... Some quiz questions. Oh, How does that sound to, that, that to sounds, all of you at home? That's what we all need. By the way, we've tucked into... Um, now, you bought the biscuits, Ben. What are these? Uh, uh, green. Crunch creams. Ginger crunch cream oh, from no, no. Uh, popular biscuit manufacturer, Foxes. In yeah. honour of the ginger pale, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. That was exactly what I planned because they've, you know, they're... They can kind of function as both a cream biscuit and a ginger nut biscuit. <laughs> um, in fairness, they are obviously a yellow and green pack as well. Yeah, so that, again, totally deliberate, deliberate. Not in any way the last thing <laughs> in my uh, bag. <laughs> I uh, I bought a pack of uh, celebrations because for unbeknown reasons they were reduced to two pounds a box. I don't know why. <laughs> Celebrate good times. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Last thing left in the warehouse. Yeah, so. exactly. But. Um, and yes, yes. And you I, said something about questions. And I brought nothing but quiz questions. Which but, is, um, and a house. And, and, yeah, and yeah. be fair here. Um, yes, I brought a whole house to the gig. Um, yeah, so I have three oh, questions. This is amazing. Possibly of varying difficulty. Um, and I I think maybe the, the... Well, let's see how we get on. If they're unanswer- unanswerable, then we can come back to it next week. I think what we'll do, we won't answer them... Well, uh, you'll ask, ask each question. Me and Ben will try and answer it, but I mean, we won't... Be- I'm not going to answer them anyway. Let's, uh, yeah. let's face it. Yeah. You know, my, 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 my wheelhouse was the, the first section of this podcast. The yeah, why actual, are you still here? Actual genuine knowledge, knowledge not my thing. <laughs> Work to do. Um, yeah, so we'll try and I would, we'll have a ruminate, but we won't find out the answers. We'll probably do the answers next week. Okay, right. Well, the Go first on, question then. So, so thank you. <laughs> as if it needed any more building up um so we're in a new decade right so looking back at the past three decades before this one my Oof. question is who is the only norwich city player to have appeared for the club in the 1990s the 2000s and the 2010s there is only one on the pitch as a player on the pitch as a player oh what a lovely shout so it's going to be. Uh, I was very surprised. I um, uh, one feature we're doing is about um, goals. I think we're going to do a little okay. feature on goals. Okay. And one of the goals I'm going to pick in my top goals is random. No one has ever done it in a top goals <laughs> thing before. <laughs> but the person who scored it, I was like, "Is that right? That can't be right." And oh, it was okay. right. 
I can't really add much more than that. I'm gonna have to check, um, go back and check that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've so got we don't to write it once I've written it as well. So we don't have any, we don't have any punts on that one just um, yet. Because I, well, I will say yes or no. Is that so, um, late nineties? So it's going to be someone either obviously very young, late nineties, and then you're sort of stretching into twenty ten. So you're talking about them bridging the Lambert era, and there was quite a hefty turnaround of players to bridge that okay well ah uh, ah uh, oh, oh. uh, which means they probably left and came back I, well I was wondering so, about left and came uh, back I was you'll wondering get, about Daryl Russell I, I, you're getting I, I, very oh. warm oh, well I'm gonna yes I'm gonna give one point to Ben oh, no way it was Daryl Russell Daryl Russell <laughs> There you go. You kind so of there we go. That so yeah, week. no no oh, rollover for that week. one. <laughs> That's okay. These these two, I don't think you will get. Um, Great shout! I was, I'm not I was getting get, invited back. Eh? <laughs> I was getting to Jamie Curitan. Well, but, there was um, Curitan was very close. He played his last game for the club in November '09, so he oh, was almost there. And then the only other one who would have been borderline was McVeigh, but he didn't start for the he didn't play for the club until 2000 so he just missed out in the 90s yeah, yeah. well so, I, I i remember shout. commenting on i remember <laughs> commenting on daryl russell the the year um the the lambert year that's what it was you yeah. saying the lambert year yeah. i remember pointing out that his change in formation brought us back the daryl russell yes um of old because he was at the base of that diamond again and and he was everything that you wanted him to be all of a sudden. I, lo- I love Daryl Russell yeah. breaking through. And when, he, when he was really young, and he was, I'm not saying I don't like him when he was older, <laughs> but I just I have such fondness for Daryl Russell as he was breaking through. He's just, and and to, he's such a lovely bloke. To bring that. up Roder again, don't forget he converted him into briefly into a centre forward. Remember remember those days? Yeah. No, still, yes. oh. <laughs> still not recalling anything of the Roder years. That was... Uh, that was interesting, the, wasn't it? Daryl's face every time is like, yeah, <laughs> just just gonna do what I'm told here, boys. <laughs> Still here. Oh God. Um, okay, so Ooh. that one's not rolling over. Okay, so um, I thought as we were doing 2005, I'd do one question from that season. Um, who was the only Norwich City player to score home and away against the same opposition in the 2004-2005 season? Oh, I feel like I need to know this. I should know this answer. Well, if anyone's going to get it but, off the top um, of the head, it'll be the man who's researched you'd the think. entire yeah, well, season. No, well, I didn't. I only did the last seven <laughs> oh, games. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so well, it's a bit of a blank after that. I was an Aberdeen. Um, I'm, I'm just... I have struck my lightning already with these quiz here. questions. <laughs> um, so. Well, should we have that one rolling over? Because otherwise that might yeah, be yeah. D- dead air. <laughs> yeah, so just Unless say it again. Comes to you. The, the, Who the, was the only Norwich City player to score home and away against the same opposition in 2004 to 2005 season? Okay. Okay. I would start guessing, but I'm not going to. We'll roll it over and we'll answer it next week. This one is in, is very obscure, so this one will keep Excellent. you busy if you are um, self-isolating at home. Um, so Chris Wilder last weekend became the first manager for six years to beat Norwich City four times in the space of three seasons. So there were three managers that beat us four times in the three seasons that we were in the Premier League. So spanning 2011 to 2014. Three managers beat us four times across those three seasons. Who were those three managers? And I'll give you an extra clue that two of them beat us in the latter two seasons, i.e. 2012 to 2014. Is that is that too much of a mouthful? Does that make sense? No, I think that's right. So basically three managers have beaten Norwich three times in the space of two... S- in the space of... Sorry, four, four times, four times in the space of three, three seasons. So between 2011 level. and 2014. It, was, um, it can be... Any competition, but it, so, ha- but it happened when we were 2011 to 2014 Premier League club. So three managers beat us four times in those three seasons. 
Okay. Any good question? I mean, I mean that that well, is in in my head. I'm immediately going to Liverpool and then thinking. Uh, well, I think they, they, had, they, different had, they had different managers. In fact, most yeah. of the big teams did. Yeah, um, that's the problem. I, and then I was thinking um, Jose Mourinho purely because, uh, with recent uh, evidence accepted, um, Jose Mourinho always beats Norwich. Well, interestingly, um, I, first of all, warm on the on the the first element of that. Mourinho, I checked when we played Spurs over Christmas. That's the first time that we'd faced Mourinho since uh, his Chelsea his original Chelsea days in two thousand. Is, is that right? Two thousand five. Yeah, we hadn't actually faced Mourinho since the three one. Um, which you referenced in your article where Mackenzie yeah, yeah. it broke um, broke Petacek's clean sheet he records, did indeed yeah. yes um, and they were they were champions by a distance that year of course yes mm. um, um, okay so it's going to be some so, crappy Premier League team in a, bobbling around uh, yeah. would you say that, out of the Liverpool uh, well um, so the Liverpool manager was actually only there the last oh, hang on. two seasons. Wait, so it doesn't have to be the same club, does it? It doesn't no. have to be, the, although they all were. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but it depends um, what you were going to say. Yeah, no, no. That, but I was wondering where Brendan Rodgers was after Liverpool. Well, that's one. Brendan, Brendan Rodgers, Rodgers is one. Because Liverpool beat us four times across the two seasons. So he was at Swansea for 2011-12, and then he joined Liverpool, which we did the double over Swansea that season. So oh, okay. none of those. So but count, then Liverpool but... beat us four times oh, in the two seasons um, prior to, um, following that. So. I mean, they did beat us a lot. I, I, yeah. <laughs> and by and, a lot. And heavily, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Louis did. Um, 20, Louis, 20% Louis's. of all his Premier League goals. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask you whether these three managers you thought were good. Uh, well, one of them, yes. One of them I did and now no longer do. Is, is that is that a, is that <laughs> a clue in and, and Brendan? And Brendan. Oh, yeah, Brendan's good. Yeah, Brendan's a little bit, a little bit... Um, self-centered but he's still a good manager <laughs> well you know what I, th- I think we should leave it there yeah there's two to get right? we'll, try so, and, yeah. we'll try and think of them we know we've got Brendan we'll try and get the others I'm just I've moved on to we've taken four points off Brendan Rogers this season in your face Brendan Rogers. Exactly. Um, yeah. he's let himself go yes. yeah and, absolutely uh, so um, have we yeah so rock and roll over for next week same, yes. same time next week quiz fans yeah <laughs> and uh, we might get some more out of Steve as well <laughs> you know, because yeah, working from home, you can come up with some questions. Well, I've got nothing better to do. Hey, hey, no hey, sport, hey. I'm working from home, so I might as well. Well, um, there we go. Uh, that that is quite a lengthy pod. I think we'll wrap it up here. Um, who knows where we'll be and what we'll be doing next week? But I'm sure it'll be great. This uh, podcast is freely available on your podcast player of choice. So please spread the word. If you'd like to get in touch, post some questions. I reckon we could do a podcast Q and A or something one week. Uh, then uh, direct message me on Twitter, or you can just send me a tweet in public if you wish. Uh, as I said, the handle is at Michael J Bailey. And uh, as I said, uh, you can listen to this podcast ad free through the app when you subscribe to The Athletic and you can get 40% off that uh, which effectively makes it £36 for a whole year Uh, I just about got away with that one Uh, with the special on the ball code Norwich Pod Uh, in the meantime uh, a big thank you Ben pleasure as always Dr Ben or just Ben Ben works too probably um, yeah likely to just be Ben Uh, if too many people listen to this bye (laughs) good luck to you Uh, cheers Steve Thanks, Michael. Hopefully, see you next week. Hopefully, see you next week. Uh, hopefully, uh, listen to you uh, all next week. Is that what I mean? That's probably It's been a long night. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening. We will be back next week, as I've said, hopefully. <laughs> Take care of yourselves. Good night. <laughs>